Hey, you're listening to Recommendations for My Otaku Spouse. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. Sashiburi dance there because it's been a little while since we recorded one of these. It has, it has, it has, it has, but I feel like we say that every episode. <laughs> Maybe, but we're still doing it. We're still having a good time. Yes, even if no one listens to it. It's okay. Yeah. It's for us. <laughs> I bet. That was a pretty good one, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In this episode, we're going back to manga. Back it's been to manga. a while since we've done one of these. I think so, yeah. Last one might have actually been Dress Up Darling. (laughs) That's topical because it's kind of related to this episode. Vaguely, but yes. So actually, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Sweat and Soap. Yes. Which is a manga about people in relationships, or two people in one relationship, to be specific. Yeah, more or less. Because like we talked about Motokoi before, Motokoi looks at a bunch of different relationships happening in the same social bubble, but this is very much focusing on one. 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 One very adult relationship. The side characters don't even get... I guess technically there's one side character who kind of has one entirely off screen. But really, it's it's just the one relationship. Yes. There's no B story. No. Actually, kind of topical. I was just looking up information about the manga, and it was originally published in D-Morning magazine. D-Morning? D-Morning. I don't know what that means. D space morning, as in the morning of the D. Oh, like that kind of... That kind of... Really? No, I'm joking. I don't mean, I, <laughs> the magazine. They, they the mag- have manga <laughs> magazines for every possible subgenre. Yes, but it's just a coincidence, and I don't think the Japanese thought about it when they named the magazine D Magazine. And anyway, may and filled it full of adult relationship manga. Okay, we were in the store the other day. We, I know I'm derailing slightly, but we were in the store the other day, <laughs> and you saw wings. I don't know. You saw some manga magazine that you thought was dead and hadn't existed for yes, years, wings. but it's still there. And it's called Wings, and evidently I'm supposed to know that that is BL. a BL-based manga publication. So if you wanted to tell me that there was something called D-Morning that was a slightly lewd joke to mean that it's entirely full of raunchy manga, I wouldn't be surprised. But this manga isn't raunchy. Uh, the author, in the author's notes... Talks about how he wants to draw a sexy manga. I don't read the author's names. Oh, well, that might explain something. (laughs) Which actually is kind of related to how this whole thing started. It is, in a bit, yeah. Because I did not want to read Sweat and Soap. It kept being, like, people kept mentioning it. It looked really popular. But the first, the front cover of the very first volume is basically the main guy pushing the main woman up against the cover of the manga and she looks very embarrassed and not very comfortable and he's like haha and it he's, feels he's assaulting her yeah it feels very assaulty which again you read a ton of bl uh, da, 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 da. i read cute romance okay. i don't read the assaulty bl okay well when you walk down the bl aisle at the bookstore yes most of it is assaulty okay i'm just it's so assaulty there are no ghosts in the store exactly yeah Japanese but. culture joke, people. Get with it. <laughs> no, actually, we use salt in the West to get rid of evil spirits as well, don't we? I don't Oh, yeah. You throw salt over your shoulder. Over your shoulder over and your now you shoulder. put it on Teslas so they can't drive off. <laughs> it's because Teslas are dumb. And evil. And evil. So, 
Back on topic. Back on topic. The, the front cover looks as salty as all heck. Yes. I've read that a million times in manga. Why would I want to read another one? That's exactly what I thought the first time, too. Mm -hmm. And then friends of mine who I actually trust were like, no, 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 it's actually really, really good. You should read it. You should read it. You should read it. I'm like, fine, I'll read it. And I started the first kind of chapters, I guess the first chapter? The first few chapters? The first book is kind of a salty. And I'm like, uh, and then I kept going. And I was like, oh, no. Oh no, this is actually good. Okay. So once you get over the initial hump of minor assault. Minor assault. Uh-huh. He doesn't... Okay, so the assault in question is... Okay. He almost puts his hand up her skirt. She freaks out. He realizes what he's done. No, okay. And okay. then he sends her a really apologetic email. Um, um. <laughs> so, the only reason I'm interjecting into your story <laughs> here is because before you had this awakening about the manga, I had tried to read it. I was one of the people who I think actually told you, now nah, don't bother with sweat and soap, it's trash. Because I tried reading it a while back. And oh. I was in the first volume, and I went, this is trash. <laughs> and I put it down. And then other people recommended it to you, and I was like, huh, I'm gonna put them in the they're trash. The Kenny list of if it's recommended by them, you can't trust a recommendation. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, okay, you and I both have flat out said the only person who's recommended this is Kenny. That means we probably shouldn't watch it. That's not. You're denying. I mean... You're trying to deflect because we're on tape, but <laughs> off tape, off the record, you've agreed with me on this. I feel like this is entrapment. It is entrapment, uh... and it's working. <laughs> no, but so I think it's. It's what turned me off of this. And so when you finally told me, you know, you should actually read it and we should talk about it on the podcast, it what, it's what made it so difficult for me to get back into. I'm is that it's, sorry. No, is, is it? You'd already put it in the trash pile. I'd put it in the trash and pile. And you had to pick it out of the trash pile dripping with trash. And you're like, oh, no, now I have to read this. Yeah. And my I guess the problem is, though, is it, it's not one case of assault. It's a targeted effort by the main character over a period of, I think, a week to essentially commit power harassment over a younger employee and to repeatedly assault her in the workplace and to know what he's doing. Okay. He flat out says, like in that last, or not, I don't even think in that last one, after the last one, when he takes advantage of her in a weakened state to sleep with her, he goes, oh, the reason why you've smelt different all week is because you're scared or you were scared and you hated the situation you were in. You only smell good when you're happy, and you haven't smelt like that all week because me assaulting you in the office place has made you feel like shit. Okay, fair point. Like, that's the entire start of this story. And when you view it as a one-shot, which, again, I read the author's notes. In the author's notes, he talks about how originally this was written as a one-shot oh, to be kind really? of a can-you-write-a-manga-style thing for a publication. And then because of the response that it got, he was like, oh, I've got to spin this off into a longer story. And so when you view it as a one shot, it's still skeevy as all hell, but it just, that's what turned me off of it originally. Okay. That is completely fair. So I guess kind of to give some backstory, if you haven't read this and you're suddenly like, what the hell are these two people reading? You have the two characters, Yasuko, who- Asako. Asako. Oh, you're right. I wrote it. Tanishima Asako. Asako. It's because it's there's a pun later involving her name. Yes. And- Somebody else in her company, Kotoro Natori, he has a really strong sense of smell and he's in charge of making the soap because they work for a soap cosmetic company and he 
gets a whiff of her one day and is like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing I've ever smelled. Can I sniff you for a week because I'm feeling inspired and this inspires me? And that leads into the whole week-long thing of assault assault that results in him almost putting his hand up her skirt and her freaking out and running away. Which is the appropriate response. Yes. Also, it leads to the title of the manga, Sweat and Soap. Yes, because her problem is that she sweats too much and she's very self-conscious mm. of it. And she is. She thinks she does. She's she very self-conscious she about the amount she sweats. Yes. Whether or not it's too much or not is entirely in her own head. That is actually, yes, that is a very good point. Comment rejected. Okay. But then, you know, once you get over the initial hump of traumatizing, week-long power harassment and assault, they actually start to build a really healthy relationship. And honestly, I think one of the healthiest relationships I've ever seen depicted in manga. I'm going to be really, really rude here. Healthy by Japanese standards? Yes. Well, they communicate, for one thing. They don't Sometimes. cheat on each other. That's that's a true. Again, this is healthy by Japanese standards. They don't argue. Even when they should sometimes. <laughs> Arguing is not the worst so long as you're not using it to be mean to someone. Yeah. If and you're using it as a way to communicate. Yes. And there were definitely times when I wished that some of the characters would speak up. But it's kind of through their relationship that Natori becomes more... Actually, I don't think he changes much as a character. He doesn't change much. He doesn't change at all. He should. There's definitely parts about him that should change, but he doesn't change much. Yeah. It's more about Asako's growth. It is more about Asako's growth. And, and how she... Developing self-confidence. Yeah, she gets more confident. Yeah. And one of the really nice things that I... That kind of helped me get over the week-long assault was that Asako, at one point in the relationship, is like, you know, I actually like it when you sniff me and when we... Uh, do the dirty. Engage in adult activities. <laughs> Engage in adult activities, yeah. And it's like, yeah, so she's not creeped out about it the whole way through. If she was, and that wouldn't be good. But she is like, okay, I... But you still have to build to something like that in a relationship. Yeah. Because like, there's clearly parts that once they form the relationship and she's feeling slightly more comfortable with it, she definitely doesn't like it. There's a lot of bits in the manga up well, to a certain point where she doesn't want him just randomly sniffing her. Well, that's because she's self-conscious about her sweat and she worries that she stinks even though he insists that she doesn't and he likes the smell. Agreed, but it's still something that she has to build towards being comfortable. And so when the relationship started the way it did, it kind of casts a weird shadow over it for me for quite a while. Yeah. Because it felt like... It felt like the relationship starts off in such a weird way that then when the manga mangaka is like, oh, I need to turn this into a full series, he then spends the next couple of volumes with her having to set boundaries that are, that first week was fucked up. We can't do that. And it just, it still feels weird to me thinking about it. Because it's essentially to me, someone being like, you assaulted me for a week and now we're in a relationship and you can't assault me anymore. And that doesn't seem like the basis of a strong relationship to me. <laughs> I still really don't like Volume 1. If there was some way for someone to read this without reading Volume 1, I would recommend it. But I don't think you can just jump into Volume 2. Let's see. Where does Volume 2 start? Okay, let's just assume that you know that they're together and they don't want people at work to find out. And that's all you need to know to start Volume 2. Then I'd probably do that. Because <laughs> I really didn't like how the relationship started. And I honestly think it tainted a lot of what followed for me. Because I just kept thinking... On some level, she's in a relationship with her abuser. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I th- I think I can see how you see that. And then his me like, oh, this was a really healthy relationship. Well, it was. It's like there are bits <laughs> later in it that I think work really well. It was just how the impetus to start it. I just didn't like so much. Especially, I didn't. I get it, it's a one shot, and you have to have your to use the word climax at the end of it. But like, she's essentially had the hell week where she doesn't feel comfortable at work, where she has to be forever because it's a Japanese company, so she's spending most of her life there anyway. And at the end of it, when she's feeling incredibly low, because she he does like move on from just weird assault to straight up sexual assault, and she flees, she immediately gets sexually assaulted by someone else. He happens to be there because he was oh, stalking yeah. her. He's only there because he was stalking her. And then he takes advantage of her in that moment of weakness to take her home and sleep with her. Okay. When you frame it like that, which is, abso- even- no, which is absolutely what happens. You're right. The first volume is really fucked up. And it's really weird because what finally convinced me to read more of it wasn't you raving about it. It was me reading something else by the same author. Oh, yeah. I read the one shot the author put out during COVID called Telework Yorobanashi about a guy who has to do work from home for a bit because of COVID and ends up falling um, in love with his neighbor without the stalking. Because they already live next to each other. And because that was so good, it's what convinced me to actually give Sweat and Soap more of a try. Mm-hmm. Powering through volume one again, just so that I actually knew what had happened and then going on to read the rest of it. It's just, I just don't like volume one. Fair enough. So putting volume one aside, what did you think of the rest? Because you did end up reading all of it to the end. Yeah. And you weren't expecting to. Ten volumes? Eleven. Eleven volumes. Eleven volumes. Yeah, I, I did finish it up. By and large... I like most of the 10 volumes that follow after volume one. There's still some bits in there that I think are weird or out of place, but I don't know if that's a cultural thing with me still being the foreigner or what. There's bits that I really, really like. I I think the second company trip, I like more than the first company trip where they go to the beach. I really like that part. That's short story. I like the interaction where... Asako meets his company friends. I really like the bit where the brothers intru- or Asako's brothers introduced at his re- yeah, at the restaurant that he works at. That's a really good bit. I really like that because when that one came up, because of I read too much manga syndrome, I was really, really worried that they were going to go the whole he's got a creepy obsession with his sister. And I was really glad they didn't. Yeah, he was just a protective He's protective brother. of her because she was bullied. bullied. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really like that part. I really like the arc where they're looking for an apartment together. I thought that was really good. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. But then you, like, there was bits in the middle that I didn't care as much for. Like anything involving, I think he's German, the German flower guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Heinrich. Like, and it, this is one that I don't, what I didn't like about it was Natori's response. Because mm. they're on a date, which is Great, you know, go on dates, have a great time. And he stepped off to the bathroom or something, and she's standing there on the street. And a guy comes up and says, "Hey, what are you? you know, like you're cute. You're cute." He doesn't. I don't. He's not even like. He's obviously flirty, Mm -hmm. but he's not straight up being like, "Hey, why don't you and me go off to a hotel for a relaxation or something?" You know, it's not some. He's not being overly pushy or suggestive or anything. He's just being nice but flirty. Mm -hmm. And Asako doesn't know how to take it because she doesn't view herself that way as desirable. 
And Natori comes back and really kind of blows the whole thing out of proportion and kind of ruins the rest of the date out of jealousy that she would dare talk to someone else and just get really pissy about it. And leading to one of the arguments that they have later and uh, later that night when he's like still trying to call her out on something that she didn't do. And then what really annoyed me about it was I was like, in the moment, I'm going, that seems really out of proportion, especially for the character they're building for you. But he meets up with Heinrich later, clears the air, never brings it up with her again until Heinrich shows up to be the flower guy at their wedding. And she's like, oh, it's you again. He's like, yeah, we're cool now. I was like, wait, so you had an entire shit fit that you were blaming her for a couple of volumes ago. But now it's totally cool and you don't even bother to give her a heads up before he shows up at the preparations for your own wedding? What's going on here? So there's little bits like that in there that I'm still kind of like, they feel off to me. But there's also little story arcs that I really, really like. So it's kind of a hit and miss. Oh, I would say after volume one, it's more hit than miss. And I think it's not like everything has to be sweet and perfect or anything. There's a bit volume Ten, I guess we're giving unintentional spoilers. There's a bit. I, I will. I will say something <laughs> well, vaguely. I mean, volume eleven has. It's really obvious where it ends up. Where yeah. it ends up yeah, on the cover. Just, just don't look at the cover if you don't want to be spoiled. You already spoiled it. Did I? Yeah. Ah, shit. Anyway, <laughs> I did. You're right. Um, uh, like, there's a bit in volume no, volume nine. I think it is volume nine that leads into volume ten where Asako meets up with one of her old schoolyard bullies. Yeah. And it leads into this really, I was going to say dark chapter, but dark. It, it's, it, lasts it is longer, kind of dark, it, yeah. But it lasts longer than a chapter. Story my, arc. My brain went to puns immediately. So, like, you get this really dark moment that I think the author does a good job at kind of riding through. They don't just immediately try to resolve it. You know, you ride with it for a little bit and feel the tension building mm. until it does get resolved in a way that I thought was really good. So you do get moments in there that aren't, you know, it doesn't have to be happy to be good, but I felt that that arc was done better than something like Heinrich. I didn't like the Heinrich one, not because of Heinrich, but because of Natsuri's response to it. I think also because that one story arc has kind of tying in a whole bunch of things about Asako's character. It's sort of drawing on her trauma as a child, which made her insecure about her sweating, which fed into her lack of confidence, which is why she feels like no self-worth. And so when she runs into the old bully, it re, it kind of brings all this trauma back to the surface. And I honestly cried when I read that chapter. It was like, I'm lying in bed and Wes is like, are you crying? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just really good. I'm just, I need to read the next volume. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> it wasn't baseball. It was manga. Well, that's right about the char- time when the baseball character does show up. What baseball character? Their wedding coordinator is an expat from a baseball manga. He looks like, as soon as I saw him, I said, that's a character from baseball manga. And then as soon as you get to him in the story, he's like, yes, I played on my baseball team in high school and we aimed for Koshien. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Anyway, you're distracting from the point. I am. The point is, is that that's a really important moment in the whole story. And I think it's really well done. And it's really well done. It is really well done. Mm. Yeah, I think this manga card just needs to, I know he really wants to write raunchy stuff, but I think he's better not doing that. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of... Dress Up Darling, because I didn't want to get into that because it looked a little too etchy. And then you were like, no, 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 it's actually really good. Keep reading. And I feel I feel like that happened with Be It With Sweat and Soap as well. Yes. And no. 
<laughs> well, from my take on sweat and soap, I, I didn't. There's etchy stuff in it. Yeah, but I would have, say not to the level of Jessup Darling. I'd say Jessup Darling is more etchy. Yeah, Jessup Darling is more etchy because it's more fan service for the reader, whereas Sweat and Soap just depicts an adult relationship, which I I really appreciated. Yeah, which is what it's all about. Yeah, it's about healthy communication. Once you've started going out and having those conversations, <laughs> it's about healthy sex life and finding compromises and being together as a couple. And that's what that that was my take takeaway, and probably why I completely forgot about the week long harassment, and why I was like, oh yes, the only thing traumatizing that happens is he almost puts his hand up a skirt, completely blanking out everything else, because everything that comes after that was really good, mm. and I thought very and I positive, got, and I got too hung up on that first volume, which is understandable. So, sweat and soap needs an anime where they can soften the first volume into a single episode, and we immediately get into relationship hijinks. Yes. Okay. But I'm kind of worried that it's going to be like Watakoi, where the anime is really bad. <laughs> no, actually, they've already done it. They've already made it worse. So the live action, there's a live action of Sweat and Soap that apparently takes the assault and the creepiness and cranks it up to 11. And that's the only thing they focus on instead of the healthy relationship part. Well, forget it. I'm done then. <laughs> I but it. I think if they did an anime of the manga, it would be better because honestly, live action adaptations tend to be the worst. The worst in but both Hollywood and Japan, they are terrible. Just hands down, awful. I mean, no, we we know they're all the worst. We don't need Death to know. Note. No, we know they're all the worst. In both actually Death Note, both the American and the Japanese version, Full Metal Alchemist. Jesus Christ! I wish they hadn't made that. That's just an insult. <laughs> what is this? Paces in his hands. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you and I, for this case, have read all of these in the Japanese. Yes. One of the things I was really interested in when I was reading it was how did the English handle the pun? Oh, her her name because the main character's well, name a... is Asako. Yeah. But her bullies called her Aseko, with Ase meaning sweat, right? Because she sweats all the time, and they wanted to make her feel like trash about it, and so. I was curious, how would they handle that in English? Mm. Because you could just, the first time they say it, keep it as Asako, drop a translator's note, and ignore it for the rest of the thing. But do you think that would lose the punch? I mean, I, I looked up how they did it, so I know the answer as to what they decided mm. to do, but I'm asking you now as someone who probably didn't. I, yeah, I think it would lose the punch. And because they're kids, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, like, if you're, if you're, being meta and you're like, oh, well, the Japanese says Aseko, so you should keep it as Aseko. Like, but if um, you're thinking about it in the world, it doesn't make sense if they're speaking in quote English to use that word. And mm. so I'd probably be like, sweaty ko, because that's the kind of thing that a little shitty kid would say. So what they ended up going with was a stinko. A stinko. A stinko. That's actually really good. The only thing, I think it works really well. The only thing I had against it was actually in that arc we were talking about later when she meets her bully when they're adults again. Oh. Because in that, her bully calls her Aseko. And... That would be really mean to say as an adult. If you Well, if you said Astinko as an adult, that's a real bitch move. Yeah. And well, I mean, it was a real bitch move it, in Japanese as well. It is, but I got the feeling a lot of times school, bu school bullies don't see themselves as a bully when they grow up. Yes. They were just playing around. And so I got a feeling in the book that when she meets her bully later on in life, 
the bully hasn't thought about it for 20 years. Yeah. You know, this isn't something that's hounded her like it did Asako because it hurt Asako and the bully doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And so when the bully says Asako, I almost take it as just an honest mistake. Like that's just what she remembers her name being. Because in Japanese, that's a much more natural sounding name than Astinko. But on the flip side is that when they're kids and Asako is remembering it, the kids are going, ew, she's gross, run away. That's true. I, I, I think... I think Asako was very heavily impacted by what had happened. Mm. But I think by having the adult call her a stinko when they're adults, I almost feel like it's making the character too much of a bitch as an adult. However, the translator wouldn't have known that because they'd be translating it way in advance before that character comes back. It's it's almost an impossible situation. It is. You're not going to come up with the right answer for this. No. But it's the type of things that as translators we think about when we read these stuff. Yeah. I honestly think it's fine if, like, I think it's great that they translate it to a stinko because it works. And then it's fine for the adult, the bully as an adult to then call her that because that's what she remembers. That's true. Whether or not she... Maybe she thinks she, of it more as, like, a childish nickname as opposed to yeah, which is, being a bitch. Yeah, which is how she kind of spins it in the Japanese version as well. She's like, oh, no, it was just this cute little nickname we had for her. Oh, does he? I can't. Did they don't say that when they yeah, she, again? Yeah. Oh, okay. She was like, because her friend is like, "The fuck did you just say?" And she's like, "Oh no, no, it's just a cute little nickname." Okay, I forgot that bit. And Asako is like, in her head, like, "What the fuck do you mean, cute?" Yeah. Like you made my life a living hell. Yeah. And so my brother threw mud at you. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing where the, when the bully's going, where she's like, "Oh, gambate," like, "Oh, you, you know, try your best," and she's like. What do you mean by try your best? Yeah. 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 So I think she, the character is a bitch while putting on a face of, oh, no, I'm just a really sweet woman. I'm a mum now. I can't be mean. Exactly. Anyway, one bit of localizing that I didn't like. Actually, you've got the volumes. Can I see one of the Japanese volumes really quick? Yeah, sure. Just to make sure that I'm not, not the bit. first one. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that uh, they did localize that I honestly don't care for is they... They put a lot of effort into the title logo yeah, for Sweat and Soap, but they have the word sweat drawn like it's actually sweating, and it looks really gross. <laughs> it's a, such a minor thing, and I'm just nitpicking now, but... I think, because, I, know, I think I know who drew the logo. Because I had to look it up when I was finding... I didn't have to look it up, but because it came up when I was trying to figure out what they called her in English, it came up, and I was like, I don't want my books to look like they're sweating on the shelf. <laughs> It's a minor thing, and it's an absolute nitpick, and if you were the art designer for that, I'm sorry that I'm being a bitch to you right now. But it was all done as cute little iridescent soap bubbles on the Japanese. Why did you actually have to make the word sweat look like it's sweating? Ah, being a bitch. I am, 100%. Such a bully. Jeez. I'm the worst. The worst. If there's one thing anyone should have picked up over 50-some-odd episodes of this podcast by now... Because Wes is the worst. Is that I'm the worst and I like cute shit. <laughs> I want my shit to be cute, not covered in sweat. Exactly. So you didn't like the main character then, is that what you're saying? Is she on the cover? Do I have to look at sweat all over the cover? Yeah, she's like sweating in pretty much most of them. In that one. This one's really cute. <laughs> well, that's straight out of that. Yeah. I sweat when I come out of an onsen as well. But everybody does. Exactly. I thought it was a really cute manga and a really nice, adult, healthy romance. There's so much about it that I like. I just 
can't get over volume one. Okay. And I, I understand that that is my own personal stumbling block, and I don't want to immediately shut anyone else off from no, reading it. I just wish that some, there was some way that we could redo volume one to I... tone down the creep factor, and then I would have no, like very little complaints. I think there's nothing wrong with not liking a relationship that's founded on abuse. Yeah. That's not good. Yes. That's it. That's that's my statement. Like, I think there's, nothing, I there's honestly that. nothing wrong with not liking that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm really glad that you read the rest of it and that you did enjoy the rest despite the first volume being... Squicky. Squicky. It's <laughs> a cute word. I'm... It's a... It's a perfectly cromulent word. What the fuck does cromulent mean? So do you think you'd read anything else by this author? Well, I know we have something else by this author on the shelf. Well, I, I read Telework Yodobanashi and really liked it. And that's a one-volume, one-shot that I don't think has been translated. But if you can read Japanese, go read it. And if you can't read Japanese, wait for it to be translated and then go read it. I don't really care how you get to it, but figure Italy. out some way. Yeah. I think it's really good. And I'm also a big fan of shorter stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, 11 volumes isn't the worst in the world. It was pretty easy to get through, and it was a lot of fun after volume one. Thankfully, it didn't stretch on for 30 or something. But yeah. a quick one-volume romance, Telework Yodobanashi was great. We have another one. We have another. We have volume one of something, and the fact that it's labeled volume one makes me think that there's going to be more than one volume, so it's not a one-shot. And I can't remember the name of it. I can't I remember the name either. <laughs> it's fine. I'll probably go... Uh, pull that off our shelf and read through it at some point when I'm not digging through my old history books again because hyperfixation is real. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not turned off of the author because of one work of theirs. I mean, I, which seems unfair because I probably have turned myself off other off authors based off one work, but there you go. No, no, you're absolutely right. Oh, there's actually like four different series. Are they? Oh, oh they I, are. Think... I think we have two volume ones by them on the shelf right now. I think... I think actually the one you're thinking of is Kasane Tosukiru. Yes, because we bought that at the same time as Telework Yodobanashi because yeah. they were on the same shelf of the new releases in our local bookstore. And it's about a guy that likes dressing up as a woman mm -hmm. in a relationship with, or I'm guessing will be in a relationship with a woman. Yes. So the author clearly likes writing relationship stuff. Yeah. And then there's... Hopefully, if they're not trying to sell a one-shot oh. anymore, they don't have to do as... There's a collection of short stories. Oh, okay. Well, I was just about to say, hopefully they weren't doing one-shots that they have to rely on shock factor to draw people in. But if it's a bunch of short stories, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're definitely wrong. We have thoroughly derailed. We have. But we t I think we talked about it pretty well, too. I think we people... Did. If there's one thing I can be sure of is that people will walk out of this podcast... Not wanting to read Sweat and Soap. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> because of all the assault. Oh, my goodness. Hey, based off of what we were talking about at the very beginning with BL, maybe that's some people's kink. Maybe. It's Maybelline. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I think it's worth a read. I think it's really cute, and I think it's a good modern romance. And I really liked it. And I'm glad you did. I don't come into these podcasts trying to tell you you're bad for liking something. I mean, you do, but no, well, you that's don't. Not why you I do it? <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't cry. Uh, <laughs> I think if you can get past all the things I described about Volume One, you'll find something to like in Sweat and Soap. I think if you don't want to get past Volume One and all the things I described, go read Telework Yodobanashi. I think that's a fair enough assessment. Is that a good conclusion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So you've been listening to recommendations from my Otaku spouse or Otofu Susume. I was Jen. And I was Wesley. You can find us on the website www.anaroscreative.com where we encourage you to leave your own thoughts in the note below the show notes on this episode. In the doobly-doo. In the doobly-doos. Bye. Bye. Bye.